Lag Beimer is the anniversary of passing the day of celebration of Rashbi. There is a discussion amongst all the Rishayim and Achreinim about the whole meaning of Lag Beimer. There are those who say there's also discussion about the time of mourning, when exactly the time of mourning ends for the passing of the students of Akiva. Some say that the mourning begins from uh, the beginning of Sphira until the 33rd day of the Emer itself. So therefore, the 33rd day, the 33rd day of the Emer itself should be part of the time of mourning, especially the night of Lagmer. That's that, that, there is that opinion. There is another opinion which says time of mourning for the students of Akiva begins from the first day of Iyar until the end of Surah. As the uh, great Chasar of Nechemia of Nidurovna, who the Alter Rebbe in the Alter Beshochonarach, there's a section there from him. And discussing different various halachas that, that we don't have in the Alter Rebbe, so he brings many opinions uh, about when the time of mourning begins and when it ends. And according to the second opinion, Lagvemer is well within the time of mourning. But the conclusion is all this discussion. The, all the, these various codifiers have about what Lagvemer is, they can't find the source of Lagvemer. He says, the real thing Lagvemer is what we have from the holy mouth of the Arizal, that that's a day when Rashbi passed away. And when it's public knowledge doesn't need any proofs, what's special about Lagvemer? You could discuss whether that is the time of the end of mourning for the students of Rabbi Kiva. What's clear is that this is the day of the passing Rashbi. That's the main idea of Lagbeim. To explain the the unique virtue of Rashbi, whose anniversary of passing Lagbeimer, to first explain the virtue of all the other students of Rabbi Kiva who survived. And as Gemara says, that these five students who survived, they're the ones who are responsible for all the terror we have today, and the reason the world exists is because of these five students. The words that the Gemara uses about these five students is that Hemidu Teira. Hemidu Teira doesn't mean that they studied Teira or, or that they publicized Teira. Rather, Hemidu Teira means literally they caused the Teira to stand or to be permanent. So this is connected to what the Gemara says about David HaMelech. It says about David HaMelech, David HaMelech raised the yoke of Teira. The yoke of Teira means the Kabbalah sale in Limerah Teira. Although Teira is the wisdom of Hashem, not just the wisdom of Hashem, but it's the wisdom that even non-Jews, even the human mind can see how wise it is. Nevertheless, the approach to the study of Teira is not supposed to be with just, just not supposed to be just an intellectual exercise. Rather, 
has to, the approach has to be with Kabbalah sale. They are trying to accept the words of Hashem. So when it says that the students of Akiva hemidu they cause the Torah to stand. It's the same as what the Gemara says, or similar to what the Gemara says about David, that he raised the yoke of Torah. It wasn't about them publicizing or teaching Torah. It's that what they, what they gave us is the yoke of Torah. They caused the Torah uh, to, um, I don't know if this fits with the English uh, translation I'm thinking of, it caused the Torah to stand, it's to tower above us. Um, I, think, I think maybe the similarity is um, the, one thing that's similar in this, these two phrases is the words hekim, hemidu and hekim are similar, they both mean to raise up. Um, but in the phrase about David HaMelech, it says, Eulah Shal Teirah. Here it doesn't say Eulah Shal Teirah, it just says Teirah. Um, I, I think that if you're talking about raising up the Teirah, then if it, the Teirah is being raised up, so then it's being raised up above us. Maybe that's why it's connected to the idea of Kabbalah Sil. I don't know. Um, I, there was a chas that Eber HaShab, he told that Eber HaShab that he was very happy because his son learned uh, the whole Tanya, I think it was, Rebbe Hashab said, yeah, but what did Tanya teach him? He learned the whole time. What did Tanya teach him? Hamidu Teira means they raised up the Teira so that the Teira is, 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 on, is on this pedestal that we are subservient to it. Maybe that's why this connected to what David Malach did. Hey, come on, Huh? It's in the bookshelf. It's in the bookshelf, right. So Hamidu Teira means that it's not in the, book, in the bookshelf, that, that they raise it above us, that we, have, that, we, that, we, that we feel deference and respect to it. It says about David Melech, the Hashem is with him, and the Lacha follows him. That these two phrases are connected. In order that the Lacha should follow David, he needs God to be with him. It's because he's connected to Hashem's essence. Yudke Vavke doesn't just mean any, it's not like any other, other names of Hashem. Yudke Vavke denotes how Hashem is above time. As Isaiah says, Yudke Vavke is connected to Hashem, was, is, and will be all at the same time. So Yudke Vavke is connected to Hashem's transcendence and not just to his transcendence, but Yudke Vavke is Shema Etzem, same with the essence of Hashem. So, so um, Yudke Vavke, uh, when it says that Yudke Vavke is with David, it means David is connected to God's essence. And because he's connected to God's essence, that's why Halacha follows him. It's not because he's smarter. Rather, the reason Halacha follows him is because of his Kabbalah sale, because of his, because of, because of his connection to Hashem. It's, it's very similar to what the Gemara says about uh, Shaman Hill. That the wise, even though Shaman was smarter than Mishilo, um the majority followed Hillel. But because it was obvious that Shaman was smarter, no one knew what to do, because it seemed that, it was, that, that the natural pick of who would get it better, who would understand the Torah better, would be a Shammai. Therefore, they, they needed a voice to come up from heaven to say that because Hillel had more, uh, because they were more, uh, the words of they were they had more of a better character, they were more uh, shameful, they were more, they, had, they, they were more in touch with, with their Neshamas. Therefore, the Halacha follows them. To be, or to be able to get to the to the, the Halacha, you have to have Kabbalah sale. It's not the phenomena that the greatest sages of Israel are the greatest tzaddikim is connected to each other. You could have a lot of other people that learn Torah and they don't get the halacha in order to understand the halacha to, 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 to appreciate what's what's the right thing Hashem wants requires requires kabbalah sil. Without kabbalah sil, you're not going to get to the uh, 
the Allah is a Dover Hamelach, a Vayi Imei, because Dover is connected to, to the infinite light of Hashem, connected to, God, connected to God's essence. That's what Lacha follows Dover. By days there, so to these Sadiqim, the five students that we keep that survived, why is it Allah follows them? Because they had this Kabbalah sale. By days Hashem because they raised up the Torah, they brought us the yoke of Torah, they studied Torah with this approach of acceptance of Hashem, that's why the world exists. In other words, it's specifically this ingredient in Torah, this, this Kabbalah sale, that allows the world to exist. Why? Why can't the, why can the world not exist without Kabbalah sale? Kabbalah sale is, uh, you know, you think it's something that, that you, you put in your Hasidic brownie points. I also have Kabbalah sale. The... Uh, the, the, the questions people ask about Shaduch, I'm getting more and more sophisticated. They don't ask, is he a Baruch anymore? Because you know, that's a pretty, pretty open-ended question. Does he have Kabbalah sale? Does he daven ba'aveda? So, so it says over here, why is it the world exists? The world exists because of the Kabbalah sale. Had they, without the Kabbalah sale, they would, the world would not exist. So the question is, why, what is it about the, the Kabbalah sale that allows the world to exist? And without the Kabbalah sale, Without the acceptance of the yoke of Hashem, the world cannot exist. We're on line 23 of here. Gemara says, God looked in the Torah and created the world. People, human beings looked in the Torah, and they caused the world to continue to exist. The existence of the world depends on Torah. So, if the world exists because of Torah, Torah is a blueprint for creation, God looked in the Torah to create the world, so too regarding people who study Torah, the way they study the Torah, the way they feel about the Torah, that affects, that impacts the way they act in the world. Their world is created by their Torah. So when you study Torah with a sense of Kabbalah Sil, that God is with you, that affects the way you act in the world. That even after you depart out to go into the world, after you dive and after you study Torah, and now you are making a, a journey which is similar to the soul's descent to the world, you're going from a great height to a deep pit. Just uh, yesterday, a letter, we told someone why they should dive in, they should dive in, in Shul, because the Rebbe says the air in the Shul is more pure. It's more pure air in the Shul. Unlike the air of Miami, which who knows what's going on over there. Even in Shul? Uh, the air in, in Shul is more edel. Therefore, it says it's important to dive in Shul. Especially if you have the Shul over there. Lachaim. Yeah, there's a very, very tangible difference you're saying, yeah. So even there's no meaning there, but says it is an advantage of in Shul, because I mean, halachically you're supposed to go to Shul anyways. But that's true. That's true. That's true. But the the words that it says over here is very. It's very. I mean, unique words. The, the these are the words that uses to describe the neshama's descent to the world. The neshama descends from a great height to high roof to 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 a deep pit. So a similar thing happens when, when davening is over. Something that Mechal um, Marachai always talks spoke about happens after davening. So so what's the, what's the advice that is telling us to, to so that that are after davening should be different. When we leave the great heights of davening and go to the deep pit. When you study Torah with the sense of Kabbalah sale, acceptance of the yoke of Hashem, 
that can, so that creates your world. Just like the Torah is the blueprint for creation, so that you study Torah with that sense of Kabbalah Sel, that brings your moments with Hashem when you're conscious of the one before whom you stand while you're davening, that brings that sense of God being with you when you're studying Torah. You feel Hashem's presence. You feel that you're saying the words of Hashem, that you're just repeating the words of Hashem while you study Torah. As the Gemara says, whenever a person studies Torah, God says the Torah with you. So that, th- those holy moments that you feel you're in front of Hashem and God's with you, that continues out into your world because your world is created by your Torah study. So just like the world at large was created by the Torah, so too our Torah study affects our own world, how we live in the world. This is especially relevant to studying the inner dimension of Torah. What's the main difference between studying the real parts of Torah and studying, studying the inner dimension of Torah? Although when you study the revealed parts of Torah, you, you know it's God's words, as we say the bracha, before studying Torah, that He's chosen us from all nations and given us His Torah, you know it's God's will and wisdom. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, while you're learning, what are you learning about? You're learning about Gashmi Stikasaf. In chapter uh, uh, 4 in Tanya, and the Neshama originates, yes, from the wisdom and will of Hashem, but from there it travels into, until it gets vested in physical things. And most mitzvahs are all about the physical. So while you're studying about Need to really work and and uh, inculcate in yourself this idea that the Torah is the wisdom and will of Hashem. It, it requires a, a conversation with yourself that what, that what you're doing is actually godly because you're not talking about Hashem. You're talking about a bull and a donkey, and they got switched about these people fighting over a talus. So to feel that this is the wisdom and will of Hashem, it requires. It requires, it requires some, some aveda, it requires some, some, some understanding and meditation. It's a lot easier when you're studying about the inner dimension of Torah, when you study the inner dimension of Torah, so then you're talking about godliness. You're not talking about bulls and cows and fights. The difference between nigla and Pneumius, the inner parts of Torah and the real parts of Torah, you could see also by the different ways the Gemara introduces teachings, the way the, the way the Zohar introduces teachings. Whenever the Gemara introduces, introduces a teaching, it says, "Come and hear." Whenever the Zohar introduces a teaching, it says, "Come and see." When you study the revealed parts of Torah, so the godliness that's there in the Torah is something that you hear about. It's not something which is vivid, like something you see with your eyes. You can't compare hearing about something to seeing it. So when you're studying the revealed parts of Torah, yeah, you're aware and there's a discussion. Yeah, yeah, this is really from Hashem. But that's, that's not what the context is. That's not where you are. You're, you're discussing a bull and a donkey. So, so the, in the background somewhere, it's something you hear about. In the background, that's a, this is God. However, in the inner dimension of Torah, it's, it's, it's more obvious, the godliness in, in the inner dimension of Torah. And that's why it says, come and see, that you could see godliness in the inner dimension of Torah. It's obvious. It, you can, it's clear. 
I, I love how um, in the vernacular of uh, of Jews, you could see their their uh, their their perspective of what Torah is. It's unbelievable. When when an Ashkenazic person comes to a shul and he misses Krista Torah, what does he say? He says he says, "Did they do Kriya yet? What does a what does this what does what do the Persians say? Did you see Torah yet?" So I thought it was just a way of speaking. Did you did you see Torah yet? Whatever. But this guy came into shul once. He's late. He says, "Did you see Torah yet?" And the Torah was still out, but it was closed because after by Uval sin. He says, "Can I see it for a second? And he opens up the Torah. <laughs> I want to see the Torah. So that's 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 the a, a different uh, different perspective. What Torah is? I, I would do it's something you hear about. It, it, it got, what? Maybe that's why they do Hagar first. I want you get to see it before everyone has to, everyone has to go. His father did do first. Right, no. Maybe that's why. Get to see it first. So for them, this, this idea of, of, uh, of seeing Galilee vividly is, uh, is more natural. So, it's unbelievable. Listen to the next paragraph of yours. Unbelievable. Depending upon your study of Torah, that's how much you'll feel godliness in your world. If you only study the revealed parts of Torah, remember, God created the world through Torah. So to the Zohar says, when you study Torah, it causes your world to exist. So your study of Torah affects your world. Now when you study just the revealed parts of Torah, without Chassidus, so what you feel is the world. Ah, you feel Hashem? You feel Hashem more about, Hashem is someone that you hear about. You hear and you know, you understand that the world is also permeated by Galenus. But you don't see it. Only through studying the inner dimension of Torah can you feel Galenus in a vivid way. So you, that you see it, as the Zohar says, come and see. So when the Zohar is telling us, inviting us, come and see, it's not just talking about seeing Hashem in the Torah. It's Hashem, the Zohar is inviting us to come and see Galenus in the world because your world is created by your Torah study. So when you study the inner dimension of Torah, that trickles down to your day-to-day. How much do you feel Hashem in your Torah study? How much do you feel Hashem in your world, in your business? That even while you're involved in the physical, you see God is clearly. Because you see God, you see divine providence every step of the way. Where you're standing, where you're going. It's a Yiddish expression, but it means everywhere. Where you're standing, where you're going, you see the divine providence in every detail. You see this in the world in general, and you see this also in your personal area in the world. You see how God takes care of you in a good way, both in regards to your children, in regards to your health, and in regards to your pranasa. You see it all. How do you see it all? You see it all through the merit of studying the inner dimension of Torah. So there's a major, major thing they're saying here. They're saying to us a very fundamental thing about life. If you want to see divine providence in your world, you want to see Hashem show you more of Himself and show more, more brachas in a clear way and show you the dots connect in a clear way, it has to do with spending time studying in the, in the mention of Torah. Just like God creates the world through Torah, so to your world is, emerges from your approach to Torah. So just like the students of Shem it's these students who had the yoke of Hashem that caused them to change the world, to cause the world to exist. So, as we'll see in a second what that means, so too in our own world, what caused our world to be a place that we feel Hashem's presence in it. And we see divine providence, and God shows us 
how he takes care of us in every step of the way, what allows us to, to what opens the, 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 the window to that the reality is, is talking in, in the mention of Tera. Can you think of a better advertisement? Why do you want to learn Chassidus? It's unbelievable. You learn Chassidus, it's in your whole world changes, ever says. Apis and move on. So now that we understand what impact our Torah study has on our world and how, and how um, depending upon the quality of your Torah study, if it has a connection to Hashem or if it doesn't, it affects your world. Now we understand why among the five students that remained alive of Rabbi Kiva's students, the main one was Rashbi. What's the main thing about Rashbi? The main novelty of Rashbi? Is that he's taught the inner dimension of Torah. He learned the Chai, the tree of life. For sure, Rashbi learned also the revealed parts of Torah. If you, there's no other sage that you could say about them that in every chapter of the Talmud you'll find his name. But Rashbi, you can. Rashbi is the only sage that you find his name in every chapter of the Talmud. Avul, despite the fact that he also learned the revealed the, the reveal parts of Torah. But his main study was the inner dimension of Torah. But even in his nigla, even in his revealed parts of Torah, you could see how it's connected to the inner dimension of Torah. He would find the inner meaning of things even in the revealed parts of Torah. It's possible that his whole approach to understanding the real parts of Torah is similar to how uh, the author mentions we will study various parts of Torah when Mashiach will come. The author says that um, when Mashiach will come, we won't forget the Torah anymore. We won't forget any, the whole concept of forgetting is, is something that's introduced by the animal soul. The author says the animal soul is what causes us to forget things. They've actually said that this is, you could see how the Alter Rebbe knew about something psychologists only discovered the last century about mental blocks and about denial. That the Alter Rebbe says that when Mashiach will come, there won't be any forgetfulness. Why? Because forgetfulness comes from the animal soul. Comes from things the animal soul isn't comfortable with. He just, he just, you know, he rejects. So in that discussion, the Alter Rebbe says that when Mashiach will come. How, either uh, we will know about the real parts of Torah by first learning it once, and and then we won't forget it, or. He said, we'll, learn, we'll understand the revealed parts of Torah the same way that Avram Avinu did. How did Avram Avinu know the, the revealed parts of Torah? Avram Avinu learned the inner dimension of Torah, Sefer Yitzira, whatever Avram Avinu learned the inner dimension of Torah. And from the inner dimension of Torah, that's what Avram Avinu knew about the revealed parts of Torah. So in a similar way, we will know the revealed parts of Torah, Mashiach will come, by studying the inner dimension of Torah. That's one option of, of how Rabbi Shem possibly also knew, knew the revealed parts of Torah. He knew it from the inner dimension of Torah. But Roshim Yechai, he his his manner of studying all parts of Torah was focusing on the inside. Just a few examples. Um, there's three arguments between Roshim Yechai and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda was the one who praised the Romans. He said the Romans built bathhouses, the Romans built built bridges, the Romans uh, made marketplaces. And Roshim Yechai says whatever they did, they did for themselves. Why are you praising them? So. Uh, so the Gemara says that the, that's why Shemir Yechai had to hide because someone, Yudim and Gabriel, informed the government. But this idea of, do you look at the in, inside or the outside? Yehuda says, look at the facts. They made, they built the marketplaces. Shem says, no, but look at the inside. Why did they do it? That, that, that discussion affects many other discussions. Shemir Yechai says, for example, on Shabbos, 
Are you allowed to walk on the grass on Shabbos? According to Rabbi Shimon, you can. Ah, you might uh, cause some gla- grass to uprooted from the floor, from the, from the ground. The Shabbos is there. The Torah only forbids us from, from things that are done intentionally with thought. Rabbi Huda says, no, as long as the action is done, it's a problem. Rabbi Huda looks at, at, the, at the shell. Rabbi Shimon says, I don't look at the shell. I, I, I look at the substance and the purpose and the, uh, the, 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 the goal, the interest a person has in what they're doing. So uh, the argument about Chometz and Pesach. Is a mitzvah of Chometz and Pesach, is a, a chometz, is a mitzvah to, to just to pulverize it and scatter it to the wind? Or if, do you have to burn it? Rabbi Yudha says you have to burn it. Rabbi Shimon says as long as it, there's no, it's just a shell of chometz, just a lousy crumb of bread, you pulverize it, you scatter it in the wind, it's already done. Rabbi Shimon will focus on the inside of things. Or regarding when Mashiach will come, will there be wild animals when Mashiach comes? You could say there'll be tigers and lions when Mashiach will come. According to Rabbi Yudha says you can't. Rabbi Yudha says Mashiach will come, Hashem says in the Torah, Rehuda says that everything will be gone from the world physically. There won't be any lions and tigers. Rehuda says they'll be there. Just the, the sheep and the tigers will act in the same way. The tigers won't act like tigers anymore. So also, regarding all in Yonim, Rehuda he points the inner, the inner meaning of things, not, not the outer shell of everything. Or even the way he says that I'm able to exempt the whole world from judgment. How can I exempt the whole world from judgment? So Rehuda Eger says, Rehuda Eger points to... Uh, to another statement of Shemuel Yochoi about a, these people who went to this king and they told the king, we want, to, we want to have a field and we'll pay you 10 bushels of wheat. So the king says, sure, take the, take, the, take the field. They take the field and they work in the fields, the barren field, they fertilize it, they water it and garnish it. Nothing happens. They manage to, 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 to create one bushel of wheat. So the king says, no, what happened? They told the king, your majesty, you gave us this, 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 this field. It was really hard. We did whatever we could. All we could do is, is produce a lousy, lousy one bushel of wheat. So the king says... Hashem knows the Yitzhahara. And therefore, since he knows the Yitzhahara, it doesn't matter, um, says Rabbi Kiva Eger, about Rabbi Yuchoy, he, does, he tells Hashem, yeah, the Jewish people that make all kinds of mistakes, but he says, I'm able to exempt the whole world from judgment. Why exempt the whole world from judgment? Because don't look at the outside of what they've done. Look at who they are and why they've done. So that's, that's why he's incriminating the nations of the world for all the good that they're doing. Is but look at why they're doing it, and he's telling Hashem, he's, he's defending the Jewish people and saying that no Jew belongs Chasasham in in, in in Gehenim or anything else. <coughs> looking at the inner dimension, so this idea of of Shemichay looking in the inner dimension of things is reflected also in many many other places in Gemara about the way he approaches Halacha as well. So because he reveals the inner dimension of Torah, that's why the world exists because of him. Why does the world exist because of him? Because the just like the Zohar says, the world was created by the Torah. So to the, the kind of world that we have depends upon the way we study Torah. And Dafka, specifically to the inner dimension of Torah, does the world have this, 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 this blessing that you see divine providence in, Hashem shows you, Brach in your life, L'chaim. Yeah,